This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly sponsored by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. As a city supporter, we know you value delivery, and McDelivery is up there with the very best. You'll always be winning with McDelivery because just like Kevin De Bruyne, McDelivery puts your order right on a plate. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered as well. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for you tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. City are racking up the wins once again, but are we witnessing one of the Blues' famous mid-season streaks? The attention now turns to Brentford, a notoriously tough place for the Blues to go. It's for, It's not Friday, February 2nd. Yes, it is. It's Friday, February 2nd. I'm Adam Booker. I'm Mob of NoisyPod. And this is the City Report Podcast. Welcome back to the City Report Podcast, your home for daily Manchester City content. I'm Adam Booker, and joining me today is our resident noisy neighbor, Mulb. Stick around for today's show as we turn our attention to the clash with the Bees Monday night. But first, welcome back, Mulv. How are things? Good, Adam. Thanks for having me, mate. Pleasure to be back on. Yeah, it's always good to have some uh, foreign blood, some non-CRP blood on the show, especially when, all, <laughs> when Oliver Kirsch is Bloody on like four days a That's week what you right mean. now. It's it's good to have some uh, some fresh voices. So if you are looking for analysis from City's win against Brentford listeners, go back, listen to Wednesday night, Thursday morning's episode. John and Andrew dived into that. Um, but today we're gonna we're gonna turn our attention to Brentford because the fixtures are coming thick and fast now. Um, you know we're we're in that time of year where it's Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, basically until the spring, assuming all things go well. Um, but I think I want to talk about where City are mentality wise at the moment, Mulv, because it feels like right now with four wins on the bounce, I think it's ten unbeaten. Uh, it feels like City are kind of in the best form they've been in all season. Is that the case? I think so, mate. I think we should be feeling really good about where we're at. I'm sure the team and Pep are uh, not in term, not only in terms of, 
you know, the performances and the results and that momentum that we're building, but also, you know, we've got pretty much a full bill of health in the squad um, after a, uh, you know, patchy start to the season in terms of injuries. Some big players were out. Um, yeah, I think things are really starting to come together. I think he's found some uh, some solutions in the uh, in the middle in particular to maybe the, you know, not lack of control, but less control that we're used to after uh, being really good at that part of the part of the sport uh, last, last season. So yeah, um, it's really all coming together and I'll be honest with you. I don't know if we're going to do lineups, but I, I was racking my brain uh, trying to put an 11 together for, for Monday's match. So I can imagine he's having similar, similar issues as it's, it's a good spot to be in. Yeah, well, well, Pep talked about that this week and basically, you know, he said that he has a selection headache now. And it's really interesting that City's best spell of, of form this whole season comes in a time when there's no Kevin De Bruyne. He's obviously starting to come back, but, but no Erling Holland as well. And obviously I'm not suggesting that City are a better team without Kevin De Bruyne <laughs> and Erling Holland. Um, but it does, it does give Pep some, some headaches because after that Julian Alvarez performance against Burnley the other night, how do you drop him? And at the beginning of the season, it was play Alvarez in the KDB role. And now KDB is coming back. So look, it's it's a good problem to have. I'd rather have too many options than not enough. Um, but why don't we dive into that? I mean, in this hypothetical world where everybody is fit and Holland can play 90 minutes and KDB can play 90 minutes, who misses out? Because I think if you look at the best 11 so far this season, Alvarez is in there. Foden is certainly in there. Um, you know, there's a bit of a conversation to, to be had about Bob and Doku and Grealish and Bernardo playing out wide. Um, but if KDB and, and Erling Holland are coming back in and playing 90 minutes every, you know, three or four days, somebody's got to miss out, don't they? Yeah, it's, it's again. I had the toughest time putting this 11 together. I don't know if you want to talk just about Brentford or you want to talk about a best 11 period. I don't like if we start with that best 11 period, um, full stop for for you foreigners. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I think, I think it's going to take time. Like what's that down the stretch 11 that, that, we counted on, remember, we, you could pretty much call the team at the end of last season, you knew the 11 more or less. Um, I think that's still evolving, but certainly he's, he's got issues. KDB is a particular issue because of the way Foden has really emerged as, as a, you know, somebody who's, uh, you can count on week in, week out um, for for that creativity centrally. Um, again, Alvarez puts up big numbers in the middle. He might not be as creative as, as KDB or Foden, but you can count on him for goals and assists in there. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, the names you mentioned, you mentioned Oscar Bob can come in and do a job, particularly against the low block. I think Pep really likes him playing in and amongst that mob in the box because his feet are so good, like Foden. Um so yeah, what you're saying who... is Oscar Bob can do a job in the mob. <laughs> I think I said that. I think you summed it up, but I said all those words. <laughs> uh, you've even got players that I'm really not, you're not seeing very much anymore. You're not seeing much of Jack Grealish at the moment, are you? Um, it's You saw Mateus Nunez come in and, and pretty much 
get a man of the match performance against Burnley. The, the options right now are absolutely ridiculous, mate. And um, what a great time for them all to be sort of firing. Um, yeah, Stone's back in the mix. Um, I don't know. We've got, what, what, we got. Well, why don't we try and put together a best eleven then? Because a best eleven. I, yeah, I think. I think okay. best eleven, as in the way you said it, is is last season from kind of late March onwards. Mm. You could you could pick the team every week if it was a big game, if it was Real Madrid at home, Bayern Munich, whatever. You could you could pick the team and at least get ten of the eleven essentially every time. Um, and you're right. I, I don't think we're necessarily there yet, but I, I think it might start to take shape in the next couple of weeks, given the fixture pileup. So yeah. Ederson and goal. Yep. Kyle Walker loses his spot against Burnley. Rico Lewis comes in. I don't necessarily think he covered him in glory. He covered himself in glory. I think Rico probably plays best as an out and out midfielder at this point. Anyhow, mm. um, it's an interesting one because down the stretch last season, it was Akanji playing right back. Um, obviously, he's yep. he's a fitness issue at the moment, but Kyle Walker at right back, I think, is probably the given. I don't, yeah, I don't want to get too tactical here, but I think the first question you have to answer is: is is the two the is the build up? Do you want the three two that was so successful at the end of last season, or do you like what he's been doing recently, which is the the two, three, and the three in the middle are uh, Rodri, Bernardo, and Kovacic. But he really liked that against uh, Newcastle and the game after that, I think. But in against Burnley, it was straight back to the 3-2 with Rico tucking into the middle. Uh, so I think if you answer that question, you, you can... You ha- I think you have to go from there, to be honest with you. I'll pick a favourite. I still really like the 3-2. Right, so the end of last season, which which does mean Walker misses out, right? So um, the Edison in goal, the back three of um, I think Akanji Diaz and Ake. So Diaz surrounded by the two AKs, um, and then Stones would would slip into midfield next to Rodri. Um, so that would be my back, say six there, and then up front, um, boy, this is where it gets tough. I'd have Haaland as my striker. Um, and KDB would have to be in there. So that means I think Alvarez misses out. Um, and then on the wings, probably Foden and Bernardo. Yeah, it, it, it is. It's, it is a shame because look, I'm not complaining about Kevin De Bruyne coming back into the fold. We've, we've seen how much of an impact he's already made, but, um, it's a shame for Alvarez and Foden to have to miss out on playing centrally. And it sounds like potentially Alvarez playing in general, he may kind of slip back into that role that we saw last season, which was come on around the 65, 70 minute mark and, and uh, run around a lot, which is what he's good at. Um, Mm. But Foden, especially, I think it, it would be a real shame to see him kind of relegated back to the wing because we've seen, kind of the Foden we've been waiting for for what six seven years since he broke into the team now was to be that that chief creator in the center of the park but it's Kevin De Bruyne I mean you can't really do anything else can you Mm -mm. no no he's he's the goat isn't he yeah yeah does he look fitter to you like I don't know he looks like have you have you noticed how he's been uh, I think he has to run less I think that's what it yeah, is. Yeah, possibly. You know, have you seen how he's 
he's running into people like a wrecking ball. It's mad. I I think he he really seems like a man on a mission to me. Mm-hmm. I think he's really annoyed about the way <laughs> that the injury happened at the start of the season and to be missing six months, I think it was. I think he's really annoyed about that. And um, yeah, I, I think he just, not that he has anything to prove, but he's certainly playing like he has a point to prove. I don't know what the point is. Maybe it's, you know, uh, new teeth, new hair doesn't mean new me necess- necessarily. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it is really interesting. Let's we'll, we'll go a little deeper and we'll look at just at Brentford now because um, De Bruyne did make his first start, um, right? Yeah, that was his first start. Uh, and Alvarez was the player that kind of shone in in the game, and he grabs the the brace and he kind of just generally causes chaos. But it sounds like if Holland comes back into the team and starts, which I would I would expect him to. Um, and De Bruyne starts again. It's Alvarez that misses out, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's that's so sad. Um, is is that going to be an issue long term? I don't see Alvarez as somebody like Raheem Sterling or Gabriel Jesus that will give it two, three years to, you know, kind of be the the main guy. And unfortunately, you're never going to be the main guy when Erling Holland is around. Um. I don't think so. I think Pep wants to keep him at all costs, and we're already seeing that. Like the minutes he's getting centrally uh, now, luckily he, there's been a spot there for him to play. But I just think rotation-wise, like Pep will keep him happy. Now he may have, he may go. You know, I I could be the number one central forward at you know a top club of Barcelona or Madrid, somebody like that, and I'd much prefer that to to. To, to rotating in. Um, but I think we'll be able to keep him happy enough with, with injury. Holland, Holland doesn't have a great injury record. Um, so I think they'll find, they'll find enough uh, opportunities for him to keep him happy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll have a, our fingers crossed there. Uh, that'll do for part one in a moment. We'll be back to discuss city's ongoing win streak. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The Etihad Stadium really is wonderful at this time of the season. And the same goes for McDelivery. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Welcome back to the City Report podcast, your home for daily Manchester City content. If you are new here, please hit follow, hit subscribe, leave a rating and leave a review unless it is a shit one. And of course, go and drop a follow for NoisyPod as well. All of their socials will be down in the description of this episode. All right, Mo, I've got a burning question. Um, 
every year we get this 20-odd game win streak, go on, march to the league, march to the Champions League, march to the FA Cup. Uh, I am on record earlier this season saying that I didn't feel like one of these win streaks was going to come because the players betting into the squad just weren't working out as well as I'd hoped um, and various other factors. However, it's four wins in a row in the league. I think it's 10 in all competitions, perhaps. Um, Are we in the midst of sneakily, sneakily, are we in the midst of another one of those trademark Peps City win streaks? Oh, we could very well be, Adam. Um, There's a couple of things going on here. One is, you know, we've had a relatively favorable uh, fixture list uh, in recent weeks, and that will continue throughout February. Um, I don't know how many games we've got in February, but we could be coming out of that potentially on a, you know, 12, 13 game winning streak, um, or at least unbeaten for sure. Yeah, I mean, just uh, just looking at the fixture list right now, I mean, it's Brentford Monday night, Everton at home, the two legs, with what first leg with Copenhagen, and then it's Brentford as well, Bournemouth and Luton, but in there is Chelsea at home, and obviously Chelsea put four past City earlier this season, but given what we've seen from, from Chelsea lately, um, <laughs> you're absolutely right. I mean, you could come out of that with seven wins in the month. Yeah, and I think we need to, mate, because that run in March is ugly. There's um, Liverpool's in there, Arsenal's in there, I believe. I think there's a Dar- Manchester derby in there. So I think Villa we need to as amass well. As- I think I know that's, yeah. the, that's oh, the first boy. game of April, actually, but still, it's Dude. it's only four days after the Arsenal game. We've got to amass as many points in that period as we possibly can, so that we can afford to maybe draw a few of those <laughs> that I just mentioned. So, um, so can we do that? Yes, absolutely. I think it's actually quite likely that that's that, that the streak that we're, we're used to city doing this, this might be it. We might be in it in the middle of it right now, because I, I suspect it may end in March. Um, the other thing that drives it mate for me is, um, rivals. And, and I think Pep spoke about this in his press conference about having a rival that, that you respect that that pushes you and the players' mentality to actually know that they have to win every game. Um, Liverpool is that team at the moment, mate. They've only lost one, and they lost one that one very controversially, if you remember, against Spurs. So they they you know, and now you've got the added element of the Jurgen Klopp you know farewell tour uh, and its potential impact. Um, so well, I think what no, do you think that impact is? By the way, because I'm I'm really torn on this. I was thinking about it the other day that I think. I think it causes them such an imbalance in emotional reactions to any results. Because I think with every win, it's, yeah, we've got this emotional boost. Let's, let's win it for Jurgen, essentially. But I think every time they drop points, it's going to be, is, is there a distraction? Are, are they thinking about other things? Is the club thinking about other things? You're absolutely right, mate. It's going to oversteer their vehicle every time. They win or lose. And as right? we know, the, Liverpool are not a club notoriously prone to emotional ups and downs. <laughs> exactly. Exactly, mate. It could absolutely go either way. Let's see the first time they lose. Um, you know, I said way earlier in the season, um, like the title winner this this season might end up being the team that faces the least number of low blocks 
uh, until the end of the season, just because I feel like we're the best at that. And I'm not sure that Liverpool and Arsenal do that as well as we do. Uh, and they'll get draws. Um, so I don't know. Uh, yeah, but I think that mentality will push this group of players. I know we're, we're betting new, new folks in and that, but I think there's enough of the treble winning team left with, you know, absolutely incredible mentalities. Um, that they'll they'll have measured it and they'll know. Okay, now, now we can't lose. Now we need to win. Uh, yeah, it's it's draft. kind of a bit of a self fulfilling prophecy, isn't it? You know, the, the Diaz's and Stones and Ederson's and De Bruyne's of this world are going to be like, you no, know, this is what we do. We we win mm-hmm. thirteen, fourteen, fifteen on the spin, and and they're kind of already you know halfway there now. So um, it, it's certainly a self fulfilling prophecy, especially with the mentality we've seen from this team over the years. So it'll be really interesting because, like you said, it, it's kind of set up perfectly at the moment with somewhat of an easy fixture list in in the month of February and then obviously it's brutal in March but if you're hitting March and these big games with 14 wins on the bounce I mean to go into those big games in that kind of mood is is a huge huge added bonus so I'm I'm really interested to see how that plays out um Real quick, before we get out of here, let's get a little bit more granular with Brentford. It's been a super tough place for City to go. Obviously, losing away there last season, the title was already wrapped up. I don't think Holland played. I don't think De Bruyne played. Um, you know, it was, it was time to start resting players for the upcoming um, FA Cup and, and Champions League finals. Um, but it's not a team that necessarily um, has been easy for an easy nut for City to crack in, in the past. How are you feeling about this one? Yeah, definitely last season's bogey team dropped all six points to them. Yeah, that's um, right. Right before I've I've blacked out everything pre World Cup. To be honest, I, that was the the, to, the Tony game, wasn't it? That's right. That's right. Very physical side. Him, him in particular, set piece threats. Um, they're not going to want the ball too much. I was looking at the the last game against Spurs, and Spurs had sixty eight percent possession in that game. So it's going to be a bit different than Burnley, I think, in that they are going to sit back a bit. There's not going to be as many gaps, um, and they're going to be more dangerous on the counter attack. Um, so we're going to have to be very efficient uh, and very big at the back, I believe. So uh, it wouldn't surprise me if we went for a four big center backs across the back the return of um of that so i think i think probably walker misses out again um i'd have i'd have uh diaz Aki and vardio at the back with uh, stones pushing into midfield next to rodri kind of doing what rico did against uh, burnley and then up front um i think we can afford to be a little bit more chaotic up front and not necessarily have a kovacic next to Next to Rodri, I think you could maybe, if Bernardo's in the team, which I expect him to be after resting against Burnley, I think Bernardo can help out in the midfield. And then you just play some, you know, your low block busters up front, whoever you think they may, they may be. <laughs> <laughs> low block busters. Uh, yeah. God, I miss blockbuster. How long have you lived in the U.S.? <laughs> Ages, mate. 1985. Okay, all right. So you- I was blockbuster every Friday night renting Karate Kid 2 or Beverly Hills Cop 2. Oh, I, either that, one of those. That is a fantastic lineup, fantastic lineup. <laughs> and so is your lineup for Brentford as well. Um, no, that that makes sense. I think probably Jack Grealish returns just because we haven't seen him, which is yep. it's been a weird one. Obviously, he had, he had an illness, but he was mm. on the bench for the Burnley game. Um, 
yeah, I, I would like to see a bit more of him. I think he's a player that loves the big moments and we're getting to a point in the season where every game is a big moment now. Um, you know, he's scored some massive goals. He doesn't, he doesn't score them in large quantities, but he scores them at the right time. Um, and, and like I said, every game is the right time now. Uh, quick score prediction. Um, I, I feel optimistic, mate. Uh, so yeah, I'll go with, uh, I'll go with the three, one again, another three, one, no clean sheet. Doesn't seem to be a no, thing Tony's, anymore. Does Tony's Tony's a menace. Tony's a menace. Yeah. So, all right, Mob. I appreciate you jumping on with us today. It is always a massive, massive pleasure to have you. Thanks, Adam. Listeners, until next time. See you later. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Make sure you're geared up for Man City's end-of-season running with McDelivery. Great food delivered right to your door. By using McDelivery, you won't miss a moment of City's crucial running. And just like Kevin De Bruyne, they deliver your order exactly where you want it. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? At participating restaurants only, 18 and plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.